Welcome to The Real 7 Show. As always, this podcast will be completely raw, unfiltered, and uncensored. Today I sit down and talk with the one and only Bobby Sauce. He's a comedian, a political commentator, a patriotic American, and somebody who has some of the most well-thought-out content on the internet. So if this is something you guys want to listen to, then buckle up, because here we go. Bobby Sauce, take naps on Instagram. I'm from originally from Connecticut. I live in South Florida, and um, I've been an independent entrepreneur, work-at-home entrepreneur, web developer for the last 13 years. Made a bunch of videos on Instagram, uh, started making them about politics in the run-up to the 2020 election because um, it was something that I cared deeply about. Didn't really think much of it. Uh, video went viral overnight in 2020. Election was ramping up, figured it would be fun to make videos until the election and see what happened. Um, that type of content was really hot in 2020 leading up to that election. So I just made funny videos every day and uh, the account continued to grow. Eventually, I stopped taking on any, any client work for my web development business um, and started making videos full time. Um, in the last two and a half years since I've done that, I've done some speeches. I started doing stand up comedy. Um, I still make all the videos and um, and I just pay a lot of attention to politics. And I've found that this is my way to contribute back um, and let my voice be heard and let these ideas get uh, circulated around to people. Mm. So, look, I know that there's a lot more voices that are, you know, have become more prevalent, you know, during the whole last three years and the pandemic and whatnot. Do you feel that there's a a bit of a dividing line between a lot of the people who just kind of want to post just to kind of shit post on Instagram all day, rather than the people who are actually bringing value to the community. Like, do you feel that people are kind of going overboard on like the fear porn side of things? Yes. Um, I think that that's kind of one of the sad parts about, you know, the, w whether we like it or not, everything is an industry. Right. You know, it's like the the political commentary business, let's call it, is an industry like anything else. And in any industry, there's going to be the people that exploit it. There's going to be the people that have the right intentions, but figure out a way to monetize it without selling their soul. And there's going to be the people that are like kind of like the altruists, like the people that, um, you know, do it just for the uh, for the purpose. I don't necessarily think that one of like that any of them is right per se or 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 that one is completely wrong. But I think that a lot of people that get a lot of attention online are doing it not necessarily out of the desire to help the country or give back or affect the culture. Maybe they have maybe they have that intention deep down and maybe that's why they originally got into it. But they get to a point where they're willing to sell. I don't. I don't want to necessarily say sell their soul, but they're willing to sacrifice um, their their line of reason to get the clicks. Um, you know, I, I was um, 
I was watching like a murder documentary on Netflix yesterday because um, I've been sick the last two days and I like watching that type of stuff because I like seeing how real how a real puzzle is solved. And one of the things that I talked about was how um, there was this Zodiac killer in New York and they had this document that was going to that the um, that was sent to the New York Post and that. And the police asked the New York Post to not post this document because it was going to make it more challenging to find this killer. And they said, if you don't post it the next day, we'll give you, you know, we'll give you an exclusive, you know, we'll give you the exclusive interview when we catch this guy. And the New York Post published it anyways on the front page, this document, and it made the, it harder for the police to find the killer. And it's a kind of a long story, but the point is, is that the New York Post in, in as the police officer, the detective was saying, he's like, they got to sell papers. So it's like, you're at the New York Post, you make the final sign off to mm. sell papers over human life. And the New York Post, not to completely narrow them out, can produce something as hard hitting and as great as the Hunter Biden documentary or, or uh, uh, laptop stuff, but then can simultaneously post something like Roseanne Barr is a, you know, is a Holocaust denier by taking a clip out of context. It's like, there's a lot of people that are in it. 50% of the time is good or 80% of the time is good. And 20% of what they do is pure demonry sellout. Mm. There's a lot of people online now that they'll post the most sensationalist, disgusting video imaginable and pretend like they're fighting the left or whatever. And then they'll use that as a way of selling their next t-shirt or selling their next whatever. And I think that there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of sellout there where it's not always about the country and you have to figure out how to discern between who's doing it for just attention and who's doing it because they really care. And, it, and and I find that the people that do really care, you know, are so turned off by those people that like, even someone like me, I feel, even though I love selling merch and I love that people want to support the channel and I know that it's not about the merch, even I sometimes feel guilty about pushing merch when there's mm. so many other people that will push merch on the back of some sensationalist um, thing that's not helping anybody, but is getting them the attention. And it makes the people that are not in it just to sell merch, and using that as an example, uh, feel like if this clouds the message, then would I rather give the message straight on and not sell merch or would I rather be half and half? And I feel like wherever people are drawing the line is clouding the, uh, the business of it where it's like, does that person really care about the country? Mm. Do they, do they really care that there's a drag brunch show here? Does that really going to matter that they're going and screaming at someone at a drag brunch or should we be focused on something that's a little bit more top tier? And I think that, having that discernment and, and navigating through all this is something that uh, is becoming more and more evident now when we're in the middle of the news cycle, the middle of the election year uh, uh, season um, or the presidency. And there's not like a political happening every single day. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. That's a long way of answering that question, but no, it's, it's perfect, man. And these are the discussions that I think we need to have. And I think I find myself reaching out to individuals who have kind of strayed themselves away and kind of, you know, from this whole, I don't know what they, if they want to call it like the Patriot movement or the freedom fighters, whatever they decide to call themselves now. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it's just something now at this point that has become a very easy way to build a platform. And what I really find funny is in the beginning of all this, when it was hard, dude, I've been 18 years of consistently going through it. 
you know, at, at a time when, you know, you really had to be well-educated, well-read and very well-articulated in order to be able to hold someone's attention long enough to relay real information. Like, I can't just tell you some bullshit because, you know, with the, with the new, you know, internet coming out kind of, I'm 34. So when I was a kid was kind of, it's, it's, you know, uh, the, the cusp of when it was just kind of becoming a thing and people could start really researching what I was saying. And when all of this started, there was a point where it was really fucking hard, man. Like, it wasn't easy to just come out and start speaking against the narrative and, you know, truly living it and truly saying no to the fucking mask and saying no to the jab and saying, no, man, pull my kids from school immediately. Wife quit her job at the hospital. We're not getting this. We're homeschooling our children. We're making the hard decisions that need to be made because my children's future, our future, our lives, our health. I'm really about it. We really give a shit about these things. It's not just the you know, to say it to, you know, gain a following. And what we noticed was there was a lot of traction, but there was also a lot of grifting because yeah. it opened up this space now where it's, it, it was almost disgusting to start to see something that is so pure and that had, you know, so much good intent behind it become clouded by this opportunistic nature of human beings. It started getting really fucking annoying. And now we're at a place where, that's what I see a little too much of. I see everybody, you know, selling product now via a very sensationalist message. And like anybody else, man, whether you have children or not, I'm sure that, you know, seeing people run around naked around children and swinging dicks in front of kids, like it upsets us all. Right. And I'm, I'm down for people, you know, creating content about it. I mean, of course, it's the only way the message gets out there. But it's like, are, are you actually making the changes <laughs> you know, in your life that are necessary? Are you actually becoming a part of your community? Are you actually, you know, outside of what people see on Instagram? Or are you just completely identified with the character you've created on the screen? So do you think that people could be doing a lot more in their communities instead of just focusing all their energy on the internet? Um. Well, I've, I've said a number of times that The, the chef that cooks the meals on an army base is of equivalent importance as the guy that checks the weapons right. is of equivalent importance that equivalent importance as the guy that reads the maps and light writes the plan as the guy that carries the gun at the front. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's a one size fits all answer. Because sure. people will people will yell at people like me, and I'm sure people like you, and 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 people that are creating online, and I'll I'll make a video every single day or multiple mm -hmm. videos a day, and I'll be doing speeches and 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 putting out content that I invest a tremendous amount of time into, like, like I'm sure that you do as well. Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, "Yeah, but what are you, you know, like what are you doing about it?" Or they're <laughs> like, "Well, what's your solution?" It's like, dog. I made 2000 videos in the last two years with my right. solutions. This, this is what I'm, this is my solution. I'm yeah. trying to spread it to a person that's otherwise not paying attention. So it's like, do you think that I would be better suited going out to the town hall and yelling to 50 people or making a video that reaches 125,000 people, people in one day, and then creates a conversation with all these other people? I'm not saying that the person that does that at City Hall is of less importance. I'm just saying if if I've recognized that this is my zone, I need to really utilize this zone. And it's like, well, what are you doing? Because you're spending your time not only watching the video that I put the work in to attract you to, but mm. then taking the time to comment. Are you doing anything? Because they're mm. always it's like people are always projecting. So I think that. uh the the internet is the is the global town square of discussion and i think that you know 
the real world and the internet, you know, they're different things, but you know, in business, you kind of learn that you have to do whatever is going to be the most efficient. Yeah. So it's like, if I can, if I can sell, if I can, if I, if I walk down the street and I hand out a hundred business cards versus I take a hundred dollars and buy an ad that reaches a thousand people, you know, what is a more efficient use of my time? Who, who's mm. to know only, only the, the statistics can tell. So I think that it's, it's possible that some people are spending too much time online and not doing anything in their real life, but I don't know that there's a, I don't know that there's a one size fits all. It's like, I'd say the, the simplest thing that anybody could do is optimize their own life. You know, mm. make sure that they're eating right, exercising right, their mind is right, the conversations they have with the people that they love is right. They're eliminating people from their life that are not valuable, you know, and they're, in, and they're welcoming in more people that are valuable. You know, they're figuring, they're making sure they got food and storage. They're making sure that they know how to protect themselves, you know, and then, instead of consuming the next Netflix show, they're consuming the podcast or the audible or whatever. So I don't know. I don't know that it, I don't know that I see this, this huge disconnect of people that aren't doing enough, but I think that instead of, instead of pointing that out, it's like, all right, make sure your stuff is in line. Talk to as many people. I think conversations are how this game changes. And, um, and at the end of it all, you know, try not to keep falling into the same traps of like the the people in the industry set the tone of the day and then you follow along down the path and regurgitate and recycle through the exact same thing every single day and just scream at whatever is the thing of the day it's like i wish that more people would you know i i've been saying this a lot lately that i think that there's two red pills there's the, there's the red pill that gets you out of the matrix entirely where you're like these people are full of shit. i don't believe them but there's a secondary red pill where it's like, okay, now that you're on the truth side, there's a lot of people in here that are mucking it up as well. So you have to go even another step beyond where it's like, just because somebody somebody could say, you know, 9-11 was an inside job. And then on the, and then the next sentence say something that's completely full of shit. So it's like, once you yeah. get it, once you figure out where the snakes in the grass are in the big picture, you get now to the truth zone and then people are in there muddying the waters as well. And I think mm-hmm. that the, the day-to-day topic-to-topic discernment <laughs> is what I try to preach to people where it's like, just because X influencer or Y influencer posts this thing don't just believe it. And it's like, I have a friend that said something the other day where she's like, she's like, we should all stop paying taxes. And I was like, that's fucking stupid. I like, that's the dumbest shit I've heard because you're just going to line yourself up to get arrested. That's not going to help anybody. And if you don't pay your taxes, not only are you going to have to pay more eventually, but you're going to hurt your ability to produce for the rest of your life. You're going to hurt your credit score. You're going to hurt your, your, your legal standing. All you're doing is making it more difficult for you to live. I think that we should pay taxes. If I disagree about the legality of them, then I should work to try to fix that. I don't work to try to fix it by just saying, fuck the system and hiding in the forest. So it's like, there's more than one way to, to solve this problem. And I think that a lot of people are so granola, they're like so in it that they don't mm. realize that what they're talking about is an ineffective means of achieving whatever it is that they think is what's needed to, to, to buck the system. Yeah, I think when people say things like that, when they say, you know, stop paying taxes, like I think that the sentiment, you know, behind the statement is right. I think that it comes from a place of, you know, well, this would be a viable solution. However, I look at them and I say, okay, cool. So do you have, 
you know, over 50% of the country to do this at one time. Like it has to, right. be, it would have to be the most well-coordinated, you right. know, very good hyper analyzed, you know, situation that you'd have to implement all at once. If you're just going to sit there on the high horse and try to do it by yourself, the IRS just going to come fucking run you over. Same over here in Canada, dude. It's no different. All that's going to happen is you're not going to pay your shit. Canada revenue is going to come down. You're going to get thrown a fucking jail cell. And then what are you doing? Then what are you fighting? Exactly. Right? You're not fighting anything. But but if you could get a bunch of people, which is you know, all of us have this idea, you know, at some point they're like, this would be great. And then it's like, you know, what you start to learn through, you know, kind of I hate to say teaching people, but we use it for lack of a better term. When, when you're trying to teach people kind of how to navigate their way through all this, there's a long period of, you know, sitting back and trying to really zoom out. And, and find out what is going to actually provide a tactical advantage and what is just fucking sensationalism, right? You, we really need to look at that. And I think, you know, I started this thing about two and a half years ago, dude. It was called the Be Prepared Movement all across Canada. And what it was is teaching people the basic skills. Okay, look, if they decide to cyber attack, power goes out, who knows? Who, who the fuck knows? Do you know the basics of life? Do you have, you know, at least you know, three to five months of food stored up? Do you know your butchers? Are you constantly buying shit food? Are you exercising? Can you defend yourself? Do you know how to operate a firearm? Do you know how to start a fire? Do you know how to filter water? Just the basic skills of life. And what I noticed, dude, and this is why I try to bounce this question off of so many people was so many people were on board but didn't actually do shit. Yeah. Right. They would partake in the idea, but then it's like, okay, well all across Canada. Now, every single city across Canada had like, you know, a leader and a group and all of them would get together on the weekends and start to, if the highway shut down, who do you have? It's nice that you come to all these rallies, right? But all you people are all spread out. Shit goes down. Who do you know that you could walk to quickly drive to like, who do you know around you? And, and that's what I saw was a lot of people who were, yeah, this sounds great, but then not implement anything in their life. So it's like, do you want to actually become free or do you want to just continually bitch about the system but not prepare yourself for if the system were to shit its pants? Like, what what do you want to do? So what I'm seeing, dude, is a lot of people that are disempowered and where I really see that with your content is you provide a very realistic way to look at things where you're like, look, man, there's a lot of ideas out there, but a lot of the things that people are pushing like this, you know, fuck it. We're just going to talk about it. All this. I call them cutards because they drive, they drive me up the fucking wall because they are the people that are single handedly destroying the people like myself who are like the, the, uh, what, what do you call someone who's been a, I don't even want to call it a conspiracy theorist. Just somebody who's been kind of looking at things that are under wraps for years they give us all really bad name. So what's this reaction? What? Why do you feel that people are so against you telling them that no one is coming to save you but yourself? What What the fuck is that? I, I think that... Uh, I think that people... People... They like the idea that there's a... Um, I don't know. They like the idea that someone's in charge. Um, mm. I'll, here's a, here's kind of like a like a lesson. I've I've been to a ton of music festivals, dance music festivals. I love music festivals. Been to probably over 150 dance music festivals, and you know at these festivals, you know 
a lot of people take drugs and stuff, and I don't necessarily think that that's a, a bad thing as long as it's in the right situation or whatever. Sure. But sure. aside from but aside from that, there would be times where I would go to the porta potties, and there would be a bank of a hundred porta potties, and you'd go into the porta potties, and because I was such a festival veteran, I knew that in the very back there was always open porta potties and there would be people waiting in line 10 15 people deep at the front of the pile like you walk up you see the porta potty there's a line you wait in the line you assume that because everybody's in the line there must be a line at all of them and there would be porta potties in the back so what any veteran like myself would do is you'd walk by the line and you'd walk back to the back of the bank and the last couple porta potties were always open mm. and people would stand up in the front in the lines for 10 minutes 20 minutes sometimes 30 minutes and I would come up after using them and I would identify all the guys in the line or whatever. Like sometimes the girls want to use certain ones. And I'd be like, yo, there's open porta potties in the back. And I would say 50% of the time, they'd be like, thanks, dude. And they would go. But the other 50% of the time, which absolutely blew my mind, they'd be like, I'm good. And you're like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, what do you mean you're good? And here's what it is. Some of them don't believe you. They don't want to believe you because the risk of you lying to them or the, it mm. not being true means that they just left their spot on the line and now they got to start back at the beginning. So that's one. The second thing is that people feel comfortable knowing that if I do this, it will get me to here. They know that if they wait in that line long enough, it will get them there. So the uncertainty of what's down there, even though somebody told them completely and from altruistic purposes, it's not like I was like, hey, I'll get, give me five dollars and I'll tell you the truth. So it's like, it's a lesson for life and human behavior. It's like people, they want to know, they want to know that someone's in control. They like the idea of knowing that if we just do this, it'll get us here. They like the idea that there's a secret, super sat, super secret shadowy figure, a white hat that's in charge that's going to save us. They like the, under, they like knowing that if they lob out their vote for Trump, that he's going to, that he's going to rappel down from the rafters and rescue and rescue you from all the bad guys. They like knowing that this has been the tried and true method of getting things accomplished. Yeah. So I'm just going to do this. So Q and whatever you want to say, even the, even the, the Donnie uh, fandom is just mm -hmm. like, if I do nothing, but I expect this person or this entity or this group of entities that may or may not even exist to take me from my spot to this solution, then I'm good. And I could just do nothing and sit here and, and, and play along and then yell about it to anybody that dares to question it. Um, and and it makes me feel comfortable because in the guy the guy in the line at the porta potty could be like yo f this guy he's out here telling me there's open ones let's all and then if enough people were like yeah screw this guy that's society it's yeah. like i saw the port i just went to it i walked through here and you're gonna stand here for 30 minutes and i just told you the truth so it's it's just human behavior i had a um I had a uh, business coach a long time ago that told me one time that he went to this conference with it for this big business. And at the front of the stage, they said, we want to thank you all for your performance for this year. On the way out, we're going to give $100 to everybody where they were in Vegas for this conference. And they're like, we're going to give you $100. Take it. Go grab dinner on us. No strings attached. Take the 100 when you walk out the door. And he said, after 100 people walk out the door, there was still $200 bill, dollar bills left. Why? Because those two people didn't even believe that it was no strings attached. He's like, no matter what, you'll never convince everybody to believe on the other side, even if it's so obvious and blatant. So it's like, 
people like falling into this and then they the group think the herd mentality is like well if some people say it's it's like if somebody tells me 10 things 10 things that are true and two things that aren't true i'll believe that they're all true and that was this that's the red pill i'm talking about if somebody is like 9-11 iraq war the banking cartels the you know the the fed is bad and then they're like you know, and eat colloidal silver or whatever is the case. And I don't even mean to come on colloidal silver, but it's like, then they're just like, yeah, it's tr- it must be true. It's like, if you listen to Alex Jones, if you listen to any person, they're mostly right, but there's some things that are just completely insane and or completely wrong. Like nobody yeah. can have be on all the time. And sure. I think that a lot of people just like to sit back and know that there's a white hat, there's a somebody in charge. And I even told people at the beginning when I started creating content, don't believe me go look it up, go go find it. Cause I want you to, I'm encouraging you to seek it out so that you don't just believe me or they'll be like, what's your source? It's like, if you aren't even going to look for the source, then I can't tell you that there's an open porta potty. You're going to just stand in line. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I think that the, the overarching, you know, issue with, with what you're saying is just that, is that there's a lot of, you know, people who create this content and they'll say great shit like nine 11, the Iraq war, the fed, big pharma's fucked up. You know what I mean? The, the Rothschilds, the Bilderbergs, blah, 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 blah. Right. Like we understand that, but then they'll just automatically what I've noticed is that these people buy into fucking everything else. And what I have noticed is a giant problem is a lot of the people that were anti jab the last three years, have become entirely anti-government and it's kind of like well now anything that is even remotely anti-gov you just buy wholesale you don't question whatsoever some of the shit dude that people come to my page to tell me i'm a person who's been studying studying like religious origins and etymology and symbolism forever so when people come in and they're like brand new to this and they start going fucking off on these tangents about like things that have just been debunked so thoroughly time and time and time again it's like you just keep beating on these dead horses man all because it's like anti-gov and what happened is you get us the exact same result as the fluoride movement look the people that were anti-fluoride they were correct they were a hundred percent correct they had everything right but they still lost why did they lose because they had a bunch of these fucking loonies with them that just went off and said, oh, fluoride is this and lizard people and earth is a disc. And and it's like, guy, look, you may believe that you may have facts for it, but this isn't the time or place. Like, dude, wait for the time and the place to insert these thoughts. If you find someone else that's interested in it, then go into the topic. But you need to understand that when you're speaking to an audience, when you're speaking to a crowd, especially as a content creator, you need to really kind of stay in the pocket of something. You know what I mean? And kind of keep the discussion where the discussion's at without allowing it to spill over into holy fuck land where you just don't even do. I get so lost sometimes where it's like, I've heard all the concepts, but guys, like it, it, there's no white hats. Like, I don't know where this whole idea started that, and now, dude, I don't know if you've heard, but there's like aliens that that have spacecrafts in in clouds and shit, and they're here because they don't want us to blow ourselves up. And it's like people are just starting to open their eyes to what the fuck's going on, guy. Like, and and that's what you hit them with aliens in the clouds. Like, <laughs> dude, I'm uh, 
I, I don't really know kind of like where to go from there. I'm still kind of like watching other content creators that are on the same wave to be like, how do we combat this? Like, wh what exactly do we do? Because I, uh, I've actually seen you do this recently where you'll kind of post something, you'll allow a bunch of people to kind of, you know, go into the comments and then you'll, you'll come on and do like a, a, like a, a mock, like you'll almost mock the stupidity but provide value with that. Now, how have you found has been the most effective way to relay information to someone who disagrees with you? That's a good question. Uh, I will say it is a constantly evolving uh, mm. process. It's well there, what I've like, what has been effective at one time, it just keeps changing. It's kind of like, it, it's kind of like if somebody was to say, you know, what's the key to, growing online. It's like something that I did eight months ago, stopped working six months ago, and then started working again one month ago, and will change again. It's like, th there's different evolutions of the process where it's a constantly ongoing thing. It's like, there's never a set the thing. And then it always works. That never mm -hmm. works in any in any business. It's like right. the biggest business in the world can fall out of favor if they don't continue to innovate. So how do I what I've been doing a lot more lately is realizing that that certain battles are not the highest and best use of my time. Right. You know, I used to I used to engage a bunch in the comments and I realized that like a lot of times it's like it's like low hanging. It's like the low lowest. It's like the lowest. Uh, it's like the lowest use of my time where I could otherwise be spending it making an additional video or making the video I was right. going to make longer. I, I've I've I've. I've kind of like, I've become so frustrated with what some people have to say that it almost, uh, it almost bothered the followers, the audience that didn't believe that stuff because mm -hmm. I was getting stuck in the mud with all this stuff that didn't matter as right. opposed to serving the high tier people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like, you know, I use, I use analogies a lot because I think it's a good way to make sense of things, Same. but it's yeah. almost like if it's like, it's like if I had a restaurant and I was serving like the highest tier quality, such and such, but like a couple customers came in and started nagging me about the prices. It's like, do I want to worry about the 10% of people at the bottom that are messing with me or make right. sure that I'm servicing the 10% of people that are at the top that are keeping the business alive? I, I you know, there was this post that went out a couple of days ago that a lot of the top tier, you know, most known influencers were talking about. And they were like, this research, this study showed that every single US president's lineage traced back to owning slaves, except for tr Trump. And everyone's like, look, you're saying Trump is a racist and look at it's like, bro, you're playing their game. You're falling right into this bullshit that it yeah. matters what your family lineage 23, two, five generations yeah. before you were even born did. Even if that wasn't true, that's the dumbest shit to try to celebrate now. Because what if it went the other way and the only one was Joe Biden? Then mm -hmm. what? Oh, you'd say this is bullshit. Who gives a shit? But because it's Trump, all information goes out the door and they fucking celebrate something that's so stupid. And it's almost like, I don't know who did that study, but I think the article they were referencing was Reuters. It's like, it's like Reuters can give you nine things that are complete bullshit, but then give you one yeah. Big Mac and you're like, nah, 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 nah. 
It's yeah, like man. you guys yep. are playing their bullshit game, and and then people will like and like the 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 whole Trump thing now to me is so insane because it's like they will say out of one corner of their mouth that DeSantis is bought by China because he gets he gets donations from Ken Griffin and Citadel when Trump got donations from Ken Griffin and Citadel. It's like, they don't give a shit that the exact same thing happened. They don't care yeah. what's going on anymore. And they're taking their guy that they're idolizing above all else. And they'll say that every other person is intertwined with every other nefarious thing, but completely ignore the guy that they worship. And it's like, you guys are falling into the same trap. And it, it's, it frustrates me so much that it's like, I don't even want to play in the sandbox with you because the 10% of people, 20%, I don't care if it's 1% of people that are outside that game. All I got to do is make sure that those people are getting the juice from what I'm squeezing here. Right. And that's like what I've been realizing lately is like, if I get trapped in there, it's I'm, I'm playing their game. And one thing that's been bothering me lately or that bothered me in the last couple of months, but I've been changing. is like, there were people that would make videos about me like making fun of the people that are saying that there's a super secret top secret plan and they're like you're insulting half your followers because you're saying that they're stupid for maybe trying to go down this lane and it's like i'm not saying that i care so much about you that i'm trying to make a joke about how insane that is so that you can snap out of it and start paying attention like i would do to a friend i wouldn't right. tell i wouldn't tell the friend you know, like I wouldn't tell a friend that's morbidly obese. I wouldn't be like, you're fat and it's disgusting. I would make some type of joke about it, try to bring light to it and then tell you yeah. what you really needed to hear. Cause I love you. And, and it's just like, they, it's like, they can't even interpret what mm -hmm. I'm trying to say it without yeah. being hurt by it. So it's mm -hmm. like, I don't, I, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to play here. It's like, if you had a friend that, that was morbidly obese and you tried to tell them and they thought that you were making fun of them, as opposed to telling them the truth, eventually you're going to be like, all right, man, I love you, but fine. I won't say anything. And that person is going to be less of a friend to you. You're going to lose a glue to them because yep. you're going to be like, be like, I would want them to say that to me. But if they can't comprehend this, then are they as sharp? Are we as mm -hmm. tight as I thought? It, does this person, is this person operating at the same wavelength? And one of the, one example that I've thought about many times in life is like, it's like, if I have a person that's around me and I'm going hundred miles an hour and you're going 96, we're going to be together for a while but after 100 or 200 miles no nope. i'm 25 miles ahead of you and mm -hmm. it's like if i'm 25 miles ahead of you and and you can't catch up it's like am i doing myself at this service by running with you right. doesn't mean i don't love you doesn't mean i don't care about you but we got to be operating at the same tier in order to get yeah. to where we need to get so i don't know <laughs> so I, I i've been jumbling through a lot of things but yeah. No, no, that's that's good, man. That's good. I, like I keep saying, right, is the, these conversations are so fucking valuable because it, it also gives people the insight into what happens to us as content creators and what we really have to go through. Like one thing I truly am, you know, tired of is is the individuals that will do exactly what you're talking about that will say, don't follow the news, but then constantly post articles on the news. And this paper's bullshit, but then keep posting articles from that paper when it serves them. And right now we're going through in Canada is all the people like, oh, well, now Google isn't going to allow information from other countries, you know, and news from other countries. I'm like, guy. Google has been the shittiest fucking source this entire time. You guys have all been saying, don't use Google, use Brave Browser. Google's bullshit. Stop using Google. Google's terrible. And it's like, and now Google says that they're going to stop feeding you bullshit. And you're like, oh, no, I've lost my source of misinformation, <laughs> right? Like, guys, can we just like, please just think about what the fuck you're saying? It's either you are for something or against something. 
And at this point in time, like, I don't really care how people feel about it, man. Like, you need to draw your line in the sand and be very, very firm in your stance and where you take that stand. Like, find your hill, plant your feet there, and that's your fucking hill. Like, stop running to, to different sides to kind of, you know, whether it be prove your point. It's like, oh, well, cite me a study, and then they'll send you a study from, you know, something.gov, and it's like, <sighs> I thought everything from .gov was supposed to be untrustworthy, but now it's trustworthy because it it goes with your narrative. Like, <sighs> but no, anyway, right. no, that, you're 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 right. But here's here's the thing. Here's a, this is kind of like, you know, the older that we get in life, the more yep. we realize like the truth behind mm -hmm. certain things that you like. Because everything, everything that's the like the gold is hidden. And you have Always. to like, you gotta die, you gotta dive for it. <laughs> like mm -hmm. one of the things I've been thinking about, cause I listen to, even though I don't, I listen to people that I don't always agree with Same. because I like, cause I like the take. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I've listened to yesterday is I was listening to Ben Shapiro. And even though I don't always like what Ben Shapiro says, there's a lot of things I say that, he, that I think that he says that I like his sure. takes are sometimes good. Sometimes they're not. One of the things that he has is he has this, this ad, um, for I think it's I forget what it's called, but it's a it's a cell phone company and mm. it's like Patriot Mobile or something mm. like that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're like, they're like, do you hate woke, you know, cell phone companies pay Patriot Mobile or whatever it is. I forget what it even what it even is. I don't even think it's Patriot Mobile. It's something like that. And it's like, get rid of woke wireless. And it's like AT&T and Verizon own the majority of the cell phone towers in America. Sprint and T-Mobile own like 10% of those towers and the numbers have probably changed, but those are the three companies that own all the towers. Yep. Whatever mobile company that you're talking about doesn't own any towers, which means that they're renting those towers yep. from those companies. So mm -hmm. the money's going to those companies and the difference between you just paying Verizon or AT&T specifically directly is that on the tower, if there's a, if there's a tower and let's say that it has 100 spots, if there's a hundred spots on it, the, the rules say if a, if a Verizon customer calls, the Verizon person takes over the control of the Mint mm -hmm. Mobile or the Cricket Wireless or whatever yeah, else. Yeah. Yep. And for that demoting, you pay less through this other source. So mm -hmm. it's like, you're not cutting out woke wireless. You're just paying them through an intermediary who's like, yep. Patriot. It's like, they're not <laughs> like the truth. But like people yeah, don't man. even understand this shit. And it's like, nope. that's the type of stuff where it's like, where it's like, and, and, and like things like, and to go back to like Trump and Trump was selling the make America great hat again, hats, and they were made in China. He was making rules about, mm. about buying American when he had the opportunity to make them in. And I don't, I don't, this is just based on what I saw online. I didn't buy one of the hats myself, but it's like, that's a perfect example of people just being full of shit. And you have yep. to be willing to yep. call them out and know the truth. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's where the monetary, the monetization of this business has, mm -hmm. has in a lot of ways, it's almost like soured me to it, where it's almost sure. like, I almost don't want to make money from it. And it's like, I appreciate that I make money because, and I don't really make much, but I appreciate that there's some money coming for it because it helps sure. justify the time away from other business ventures. But at the same time, it feels like dirty in a way. And not that I'm mm. saying that it, it, you should be anti business because I'm, I'm a free market sure. person, but yep. it's like, I, I sit here and think to myself, you know, when I hear someone be like Trumpity, Trump, 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 
And then you go to their, their merch store and it's like Trump, 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 MAGA, MAGA, and all their merch. It's like, if they were to believe that Trump was not good, would they be willing to crater their own merch sales? Would they be willing to crater their own audience? Would they be willing to take a hit to their own follower account to say the truth? And I mm. think that a lot of people wouldn't. And that to me represents yeah. a huge red flag and a huge problem where like when I said stuff that even slightly came at Donnie, I never lost more followers than I did in that time period. Mm -hmm. And it's like, even now it's like, it's like, just like people used to say, the silent majority stands with Trump. I'm not saying it's a majority, but the pe people that like, let's just say, let's just use one narrow. The sure. people that like DeSantis can't say it because these people are fucking vicious. And they'll be like, yeah, and they will just go in because they think Trump is their dad. Trump is the father figure that mm. they never have. They're sad inside. And all they can do is pr project to people. And they say that people that maybe think DeSantis might be better slightly on a couple of issues, that person's a simp where they're like, oh my God, daddy Trump, happy birthday, Trump, posting on their fucking account to 23,000 followers. Happy birthday, Donnie. It's like, are you guys fucking yeah. insane? You guys are calling other people simps when you simp harder than anybody. I've seen simp for anybody in their entire life. It's like yeah. this guy could slap you in the face with something while the other guy doesn't. And you're like, oh, it's because he has a super secret, top secret plan. They are fucking completely lost in it. And, and that's why the business of all this stuff is so frustrating because it's like being a person that truly cares about the the purpose of all this stuff yep. is like a is like a a winding path that 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 the audience diminishes the further you the closer you get to the real truth of it it's yeah, like man. there's things that once you know what it really is you can't even say that because there's a thousand other ways that they can rip you down and the closer that you get to the real truth they destroy you and it's like I don't mean to sit here and stand for somebody like, like, let's say Kanye, for example, but it's like, if Kanye was on the right path, let's just say, and then he said a couple of things that were wrong. They're like, we must destroy him or anybody that does anything like that. It's like, if you get close to what's actually right, they'll find any way to destroy you. Look at Julian Assange. Look at, um, look at, uh, uh Andrew Tate. It's like, you can't get there without them trying to absolutely destroy you. And somebody like a Joe Rogan is, is big enough that he can escape that. But your average person looks in there and they're like, this is toxic. I need to stay out. So it's like, what are they going to do? The only way to, the only way to preserve their income stream, the only way to stay safe in the, after the red pill is to just be like uh, Trump 24, you know, and just yell the thing that everybody yells because it's the easiest way to play along, play nice in here. And even if you know that something, something that Trump is doing might not be good, you're like, yeah, but I don't want them to come for me. I don't want to, I don't want to take my t-shirt sales. I don't want to get, I don't want to have these crazy people on Twitter coming after me. I don't want to lose friends that say, Oh, I'm turning my back on Trump. Like he's my fucking friend. And so they're like, it's like, it's almost like the way the best analogy that I can give is it's like it's like once you it's like once you do one thing with the mob, the mob owns you for life. Yeah, there's no like there's no like I did one favor. Here's my payout. I'm out. It's like once you're in, yep. you, you don't get out. You die. So I just think that that's <clears throat> a lot of what's happening now that's being shown to be the case in the seven months between now and the midterm is people are like realizing that they bought. They they planted their stake yep. in the ground. And even if they were to be 
even if they were to have the backbone to turn on their own position, they know that it would crater their existing efforts and crater the audience that they think that, that, they, that they've been building, but they're not willing to, to sacrifice that at the expense of, you know, in pursuit of, of the truth. And I think that the message that I fucking still hold very, very strong with is integrity overall and that I'm here for the truth. Because at the end of the day, man, I'm totally willing to take one of my perspectives and completely throw it in the fucking garbage if I find out that the truth is opposite of my perspective. Because my perspective doesn't matter. There's truth, man. And it's either you're here for the truth or you're here to just play the game when the truth is convenient. Because the truth isn't just the truth when you believe it's the truth. The truth is a fucking thing that exists. It is. It just is. There's no left. There's no right. There's no up. There's no down. There's no red pill, blue pill. None of that. It's just fucking the truth. And what you'll notice is the more that you start to you know, kind of make sure that you're like, mm, you know what, I'm just going to leave all the sides out of this one. I'm just going to do independent research and look for the truth. You're going to notice that you start to lose a lot of followers. Yeah, dude, I'm completely blackballed in Canada from all the big creators. Nobody will create content with me. Reason is I've called them all out. You guys, they, they sell these fucking stupid little bundles, right? Of shit. Neither. I know them all personally. And, and you guys, like I've, I've been creating content with them forever. And what you start to notice is you're like, wait a minute, you're just here for, you're going to blow wherever the wind blows just to make a sale. Like you guys are putting together these bundles and saying, oh, this is $5,000 in value given to you for $49.99. And I'm like, Yo, you're, you're, <laughs> this is people's vulnerability you're playing on here. It's like you took that virtue game that the government played the last couple, like, do your part, make sure you don't want to kill grandma. Like, they took people's virtue and exploited it. You know yeah. what I mean? And you guys took the exact same fucking play. And, dude, I, I can't stand it. Inside of me is too much integrity to stand for that shit. And then you listen to them and it's like, oh, like, make sure he, you're, you know, you're, you're voting. And, and I'm like, God, like, I don't know how you feel about voting, but my perspective on voting is as follows. Look, man, you may think that it's a right and you may think that it's a privilege and blah, 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 blah. Who told you that? Because end of the day, we just had an election here in our biggest city in Toronto. And one of the people that is on, let's, let's say, our side of, you know, ran and made a very compelling argument. They they arrested him during his campaign. They didn't even allow him to put up a picture. They didn't even show any of his ads. They didn't even fucking mention him. And months prior, if you dig back into the articles, they were talking about putting this chow lady in office. Like, oh, she's got the best chance. It's like they've already selected her. And all these people that constantly have to say, oh, well, if you're not voting, you shouldn't be able to speak about politics. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, you pay taxes. I pay taxes. Why can't I talk about it? Because I realize that if the circus is in town and I want the circus to go away, I shouldn't walk in and buy fucking tickets. I should, you know, constantly just walk by. Like, the system needs to change. And now with the entire Agenda 2030, which is very fucking real, you can reach. It's not a conspiracy. It's laid out and dry. So now it's like, how are you going to empower yourself and create new systems outside of the system you know, create the parallel economy or, you know, so we can start to fix the system that is there because we can't just eliminate it, dude. Do you think we're just going to crumble the system and rebuild? Fuck no. You're supposed to try to build the opposite system at the same time. You can't just have a giant collapse and then this rebuild because there's pandemonium at the bottom. If one system just falls out of nowhere, it's absolute anarchy. And while, you know, you get all these people that are like, oh, I can't wait for the fucking war and the civil war. I'm like, motherfucker, you can wait. You have no idea what real violence looks like. And I tell you right now, none of us want that. None of us. That's absurd. Nobody wants that shit. Stop that idea now. Yeah. But when it comes to this, 
this 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 structure that we have here in Canada. It's like people are just so fucking phony, man. And all I've noticed is that okay, well, because I'm here for the truth, and I can look at things that aren't popular to this whole dude. You want to do something crazy? Go on your page one of these days and just say, hey, uh, the science for what you guys are calling chemtrails actually proves everything completely different. And we actually have the science to, to back it up, bro. You will be the most hated man on the fucking Internet just for simply saying this is what I think. And here's you could put on 6,000 slides of just facts, aviation experts, engineering experts, aviation mechanics, you know, people who are, you know, testing the air quality. And they'll be like, well, no, no, because geoengineering watch says this. And it's like, holy fuck, guys. Like, it's only because this guy is anti-gov. Like, you watch the dimming and it's all bullshit. Like, there's scientists left, right, and center that are, you know, completely neutral that are like, uh, actually, that reading that he got shows that it's like, crystal clear air like i don't know why you guys think you see a high number and right but these are this is what i'm talking about bobby is like <laughs> they want to believe so bad that you know anti-gov like fight the power and it's like guy you're still smoking you're still drinking you're not exercising you're overweight you're not even taking care of the things that are in your power and all you do is post all day about the shit that's out of your hands nailed it there like guy can you know, I'm I'm gonna get off this topic because it's, I'm I'm genuinely starting to get frustrated. It, it's, <laughs> dude, it's so annoying to to hear these things. And I'm just kind of, in a sense, I'm almost venting a little bit, using it as a venting session a little with 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 somebody who kind of understands what it feels like. But I want to talk about the the comedy side of it. Now, you have the ability to take a a scenario. That is, you know, fairly serious and and something that is even close to your heart and find a way to relay that message via comedy, which is dude, the most powerful avenue to deliver a message. Comedy can bring people together. It can make light of situations. It gets rid of any sort of turmoil between peoples if they can all laugh about it. So when you add comedy to something like has comedy been something that you've just always been into or was it an avenue you discovered later to kind of relay information? Um, it was something that, that I, I don't know, discovered. I, I always liked stand-up comedy. I, I thought that it was a, um, I always enjoyed it. I've, I've enjoyed stand-up and, and comedy shows my entire life mm -hmm. and comedy TV and comedy central and any, all of it because but what I it when it really clicked for me was when I saw um um oh geez what is his name um people like like people kind of like George Carlin and mm. that would kind of like deliver you the truth in the mix of it Bill Hicks that's what I was thinking of it's when I saw Bill Hicks and Bill Hicks basically didn't even necessarily tell a joke he just kind of told the true facts mm -hmm. in a funny way and you're like wait a second how did I get a life-changing message from a stand-up routine that's right. what bill hicks did for me um so i always but i had i was always under the idea that you know being a person in the arts so to speak was an was a non-viable business avenue where it's like i can't predict my future i just have to be talented it's this long ramp up of time before i can actually squeeze something out of it i don't want to be poor i don't want to be a starving mm -hmm. artist so I always thought that business was a better solution for me that it would help me get to where I wanted to get in a timely way. I didn't know that I could 
I didn't know how to monetize the comedy business or the mm. show business or an actor. I didn't know how to get there and make money in it. So I just figured that business was a more viable route. When the, when the first video went viral, I didn't know how to go viral. I didn't know how that, that even worked. I just made a video about something that was important to me after I'd made 400 videos that went almost nowhere and it just so happened to work. And as I continued to build it, and maybe it's, you know, it's a little bit of timing, it's a little bit of luck, it's a little bit of preparation, it's a little bit, a little bit of opportunity, they all converged at the same time. And after the account started to grow, I just thought that, you know, I started giving speeches and on po political matters, things that are purpose driven. And I realized that comedy made the speech that much more exciting, that much more palatable. And in the same way that I was delivering information from the videos, I felt that stand up was a was a a natural progression of the digital approach um, that is more that is more uh, commercially viable. Where it's mm. like somebody somebody would be willing to buy a ticket to a comedy show to laugh and get truth in one place, and it's a natural extension of the already existing brand. I'm not going club to club to club and doing five minute spots, you know, every night of the week. It's like I take, I'm taking and leveraging the existing brand that I have to almost like start with a head start. Right, um, right. So it just seemed to me like it was a natural extension of what I was already doing. And do you find it to be like a super effective way of getting, say, you know, people that are on the other side of the fence when they can sit down and, and, and have a laugh about something that you're saying? Have you gotten messages after a comedy show saying like, hey, man, I totally didn't look at, you know, X scenario this way before, but kind of the way you broke it down made me switch the way I'm thinking? Well, I've <clears throat> so I've done I've done 14 stand up shows now. Um, Good for you, and man. I, and thanks, dude. And I've done between uh, between 15 minute and 25 minute spots. Um, never, sh never really shorter than that. Never longer. And the most uh, impactful show was I did a show with Chad Prather in um, uh, in Port Charlotte, Florida. It was a five show run in four nights. And at one of the shows, there was a guy that um, was the like marketing director or president of the um, Sarasota Young Republicans group. And he saw the show, had never heard of me before, and came up to me after the show and was like, I'd love to have you come and speak at one of our events. And this past weekend, I went to Sarasota and I spoke at the uh, Young Republicans annual gala for the entire wow. sta state of Florida. And there was like 150 or 200 people there that represent all the Florida Young Republicans groups around the state. And I got to do like a 15 minute stand up, 15 minute speech, a 30 minute block to all of these people. And one of the people that was there in the audience was Senator Rick Scott. You know, he was speaking right after me. And it's like, this is a guy that's in DC fighting for people, fighting for the third largest state in America, you know, mm. a larger economy than many of the countries in the world. And he's listening to me give like, you know, like do political slash like butthole jokes kinda you know, to all these people. So to me, that's where the standup creates the bridge to the impact. It's like, I was, I was just doing a show for hundred people, 200 people at this standup and it, and it leveraged into this next piece. And, you know, I spoke, uh, I, I made a friendship with a guy and spoke at a couple of, of their associated events. And now in October, which I'm yet to announce, 
Um, I'm actually going to be speaking at this Patriot event in Washington State that has over 2,000 people. So now, I'm yeah. gonna go, so now I'm going from like 150 to 200 to 250 people to now 10 times that. And it's like, if I could give it to them for that 2,000, it's only a matter of time for it's 5,000 and then 20,000 and then who knows. So to me, it's like, however I have to get it to get the message out there and get the distribution, to me, that's the type of person that should be speaking at the Republican National Convention. Give me a 20 yep. minute stand up <laughs> spot. You know, give me a give me a time there. And to me, that's what I'm trying to build to. And it's like it's not about me. It's not about me in my career. It's about how do I package something that will be impactful in a way that you're willing to digest it, even if you maybe otherwise wouldn't. And I think that mm. that's that's the sneaky backdoor i say t comedy is the trojan horse for the truth it's like how do i get it in there i'll do whatever i got to do to get it in there yeah man and if you can make you know a group of people laugh you know prior to you speaking about something serious man you can quite literally lower you know their 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 what, what otherwise would have been their their kind of defensive wall that they would have had originally and kind of bring that down make them smile and then they automatically boom you know, they, they have a trust for you. Like they've kind of let you in because yes. for you to laugh is a place where you have to be vulnerable enough to laugh at something. Right. You can, you can, I could stand next to somebody that's the funniest guy in the world. Tom Segura could walk up to me. And if I disliked him, he could say whatever joke he wanted and I'd be stone faced. Now, mind you, I'm a huge fan of stand up comedy. So I would just look at Tom Segura and bust the gut. He wouldn't even have to fucking say a word. Dude's hilarious. But I think that you the, the the one thing that I've heard in this conversation more than anything, this is the first time you and I are even interacting. Yeah. The one thing that I, I I constantly hear is is you not saying me, 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 I, I, I. It's you saying the message, the message, the message, yeah. the message. So that tells me, man, that like you you're a hundred percent as advertised in the fact that, dude, it's all about how you can get your message, the message of truth two people and you're just one of the people man you're i guess your gift is you have that gift of gab you have the gift and the ability to make people laugh and you you've dude you've you've created a lane and now you're fucking staying in it man i've noticed yes. that you don't really you don't really hop in and out like for you to be speaking to you know even 200 people like people could sit back and say oh it's only 200 you ever seen 200 people in one place it's a right. lot of fucking people man yeah. Dude, that's it's tricky. I've done a lot of these speaking engagements at these protests and such. And, you know, 200 people is <laughs> that's a crowd, dude. And and the fact that you're speaking to 200 people that run, you know, groups for who knows how many people that's going to impact. Correct. Right. So I also want to talk to you a little about content creation. Because our I'll say our because it's fairly similar. Um I don't think that people know exactly what it takes to make 60 seconds of quality content. Mm -hmm. So is it something that you truly enjoy or are you finding it just part of building the brand? Um, no, I definitely enjoy it. Because I think enjoy is the tough, that's a tough word. Because when you say enjoy it, it's almost like saying, you know, if you open a restaurant, do you enjoy cleaning the floors at night? You know, do you mm. enjoy being gone on the weekend? Right, right. Like, I don't have to, I don't have to enjoy every part to right. enjoy or find value in the end result of it. And mm. I think that, and I think that there's a lot of things that need to be weighed in where like, 
what I feel like is like if you were to measure it in totality, it's like, um, you know, one thing I think, think about a lot, or I used to think about a lot when I was trying to decide my career was I weighed into everything, the mm-hmm. impact, the purpose, the money, blah, blah, blah. But the main thing was always like, I want my lifestyle to be like this. And right. no matter what I did, it was always in pursuit of the lifestyle more than anything else. I refer to it, you know, affectionately when I do a lot of these podcasts as like my North star. So it's like, mm-hmm. what is, it's, it's almost like, you know, another, in another <laughs> analogy, when I, when I went to buy my house, it took me seven months to find a house to buy. And I was like, here's the 10 things I want. But even if I get only the number one and none of the other 10, none of the other nine, I'll still do it because I just need the one thing. It needs to be in the right spot, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be nice to have number one, number five, number six, whatever. But if I only got number one, I'd probably be all right with it. So it's like, what is the North Star of the content? What's the North Star of it? And it's like, to me, as long as it's fulfilling the North Star of why I'm doing all this stuff, it could be as difficult, as challenging, as frustrating or whatever, as long as it's moving towards that direction. So Mm -hmm. when it came to my career, it's like, as long as it gives me the lifestyle I want, I'm willing to make less money. I'm willing to, I'm willing to not have the nice car or the nice watch at this particular moment in time. I'm willing to work the extra hours as long as it's achieving the goal of having the lifestyle that I want to have. So when it comes to the content, yeah, I enjoy it a lot. There's certain parts of it that I don't enjoy, primarily the finding the right story to hit it. That's I spend a lot more time thinking about what I'm going to do than actually doing what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, but it's like the totality of it all. The stand-up is awesome. The speaking is awesome. The people telling me that they see what I'm trying to do um, feels really great. The, the purpose of it all, um, where somebody would come up to me and ask me to take a picture with them, is like mind blowing stuff. It's it's the type of stuff where like, I'm so thankful for it all. So that's what kind of pushes me through on the things that I don't really enjoy about it. um, Because I understand that it's fulfilling the the primary objective, which is like, I don't want to sit here 30 years from now complaining about what happened, knowing that I did nothing. And I personally don't think that me going to city hall and yelling through a megaphone or me doing X, Y, and Z, or me running for, you know, school board in my district. I don't know that that gets there as much as me doing this. And again, not to say that those things are not important, but that's not my, that's not my, that's not the highest and best use of my time. Um, I had a really wealthy friend one time tell me, you know, I had asked him uh, because we all went to lunch together and we were all, we all kind of were broke and he had a ton of money. And I was like, yo, why do you, you know, why do you keep paying for lunch for us? You know, like, why do we, we don't have to go there. And he's like, dude, he's like, if, if, if all of us together could lift a refrigerator, but I could just lift it with one hand, I'm not going to make you guys lift the refrigerator. I'm just going to lift it. And you guys can do other things that I can't do. It's like, if I understand that doing this is me lifting the refrigerator, this is the thing mm. that I like to do. I'll let other people do those things that they can go in there. What they might be able to lift the refrigerator might be in their local school board, it might be writing content. It might be taking on the right uh, uh, um, legal cases. Maybe they're an attorney. Everybody has their part to play and recognizing where you have strength and really diving deep into that thing is part of it. Some people could say it's easy to sit here behind the microphone and do X, Y, and Z, but it's like, oh yeah, on the other side of this microphone is $10,000 worth of equipment. Mm -hmm. On the other side of, on the other side of my 60 second video is three and a half hours of shooting and research. And it's like, and sometimes you make a video that make you $3 and it took me three hours to do it, but 
yeah, it's yeah. like so so it's like but this is my game so i don't I, I I'm thankful for the totality of it all. Even even the hard parts and the bad parts are worth it in the in the end. So yeah, I definitely enjoy it. I would never I wouldn't do it if I didn't think that it. I wouldn't do it if it didn't bring joy to my life, or at mm -hmm. the very least, uh, purpose, which I think is part of the joy as well. Yeah, of course it is. And and when creating content, that's just it. Is what you may see and that's why i said like you know that 60 second video that people see they have no idea what it takes to make that content like how much research to find the right video clip of what somebody said or you know the exact theme that you have in your head to try to find that exact you know person wearing this exact thing with the exact background that you're looking for all for that like three second flash of a video Right. It, it takes forever. And there's a lot of money in this, dude. I haven't made a fucking dollar off of any of this, dude. And it's been three solid years of content. I had another page entirely wiped and all the content I didn't put on a hard drive like an idiot. We're talking hundreds of videos, thousands of hours gone. That was like the hardest pill for me to swallow was like, fuck, I wasn't smart enough. But it was my fault. Hey, dumbass, you should have saved it to a hard drive or put it in the cloud or something, right? And I didn't. So, you know, I kind of sucked that one up. But there has to be a point in content that you're you're truly doing something that you feel is right. Because there's nights where, you know, you've gone through your day of work and then you come home. And, you know, for myself, you know, I go to work, come home. I got the kids. I got the gym. And then by the time I'm done all of that, you know, it's like 9 o'clock at night. And it's like, all right, well, I got these three hours to try to squeeze into, you know, all this content, all the notes that I've been taking as I'm working through the day to kind of make the video. So, dude, I truly have a good appreciation. And sometimes I see a little like 30 second clip or even like the message might not be the greatest or whatever, but I know what it took to create the video and you start to really appreciate, you know, a person's effort going towards that. And I do want to touch on something. You know, I was guilty after, you know, the first few protests of telling people, what the fuck are you doing this for? Like you're just screaming at empty buildings. You're doing absolutely nothing. But then what I started to learn was when you go into their comment section a year later, you start to realize, dude, there's a lot of people that are inspired by what they're doing. So it's not useless. It's just not an effective way for me to communicate the message. It's not how. So there's a little bit of ego in all of us that you got to kind of have to put away and realize, yeah, man, like maybe, you know, going to drag queen story time, losing your shit, you know, you think it's stupid, but, you know, you you can make a video that's very effective that can, you know, really drive home the message, dude. What you're saying is, is perfect. It's kind of like, look, man, there's a bunch of lanes on the highway for a reason. Stay in yours and all the cars that are passing by in other lanes, dude, just let them pass, dude, because all of them are, you know, end of the day, when you look at it, a lot of the people, I'll say most, not all, but most of the people that are at these protests and yelling at these empty buildings and such, they genuinely believe in what they're doing. And I think that that should be enough for a lot of us to kind of say, you know what? Fuck it, man. Like if your heart's in the right place and you genuinely mean what you're doing, then you got to support it. Cause at the end of the day, man, I guess any voice helps it's and dude, there's, there's times, there's times I see things that I feel are just fucking ugh, like, what do you, but it's kind of like, all right, man, <laughs> somebody's going to find value in what you're doing. So I think that that's the, you know, the overarching theme there. Um, now, you know, in closing, I always ask somebody this question, every single guest, and I'm going to ask it to you. 
and just just kind of hit me with your your most raw reply. If there are three things, three things that you could tell everybody to do right now that would change the world, what would those things be? Um, Andy Frisella says personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. Mm. I say this quote often because I think it's impactful and very important. Very. Being the absolute best version of ourselves is something that we often overlook. And you had mentioned it before about like the, you know, about people not even worrying about them, their own stuff, things that they can control. I think that we, I think that we overlook that a lot, including, including myself. It's like figuring out how to prioritize your time and not get stuck in the weeds. It's like, if you were to do anything to make the world a better place, it would be the best version of yourself. I think that's like the most obvious first answer. And I think that all of us need to remember that and, and focus on that because, you know, and Andy said in a recent podcast, he was like, he was like, when you walk into a room and somebody can tell that you're in good shape and physically fit, it speaks more than anything that you could even say, mm -hmm. because this person had to work to achieve this. And he's like, it, it, it says more than you could even say about yourself. And he's like, there's something to be said about that. It, how more, much more impactful what you actually say is um, as a result of that. And the same goes for like your mental capacity and a variety of other things aside from your physical health. It's like all of these things come together where it's like you could do a hundred great things and two things that suck and the hundred don't seem as good. It's like, you know, a reputation takes a lifetime to build and a second to destroy. So it's like if you, you know, where you sit in these times of great challenge depends on how you feel about yourself and what you've done to build that resilience over time. There was a lot of times in this situation in the last couple of months where it's like you just want to be like, yo, fuck you, <laughs> fuck all you guys. Yeah. But at the same time, you got to be like, all right, is this strategically going to get me to where I want to get? It's almost like when you have a disagreement with a person, it's almost like, or even like a significant other or a friend where it's like, is it even worth getting into the weeds of this? Right. Is it, it's like, it's like, you know, married men will be like, yeah, just apologize. Even if it's not even, if you didn't even do anything, just to move, <laughs> move to yeah, the man. next. Yep. It's like the same thing goes with, with life in general. So I would say, you know, Personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. That's number one. Um, number two, I think, you know, change the world. I think that, I think that a lot of things like start within, and setting the example for other people is a lot based a lot about mm. what you what you do for yourself. So I would say, you know, I would say, learn as much as you possibly can about money, because money is freedom. It's not money. It's your, your, it's an instrument of freedom. It's a tool, it's like a hammer, you know? And I think that kn knowing how to be financially free and financially empowered is really important. And it's almost like, you know, everything's cool with your money until you really need it. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, like I was thinking, I was sitting here a couple of weeks ago going like, all right, I got to invest. Some, I got to invest some of this cash. Like I got 10 K sitting around. I'm going to put, where, where can I put this? And it's like, my computer behind me died. New computer, $4,000. My air conditioner died. New air conditioner, $7,000. Damn. 
there's your 11,000 bucks gone. So gone. <laughs> but I've been stacking this bread for this moment so yeah. that it didn't blow my fucking dick off when mm -hmm. I got the bill from the air conditioning company. Yep. So it's like, if I had not done that, my mood would be affected. Mm -hmm. My effectiveness would be affected. I'd be lethargic at the gym. I'd be like, fucking, like I'm, I'm working my ass off. I just yeah. lost it yeah. So it's like, it would ruin all the other, you know, the outward. Mm -hmm. So it's like the inside, it's like personal excellence, best version of yourself, learn as much as you can about money, not just for yourself, but you can empower other people around you with money. And there's a lot of good things that can be created as a result of money. Um, and I think the third thing would be um, to, to be willing to, to be willing to stand alone if mm. you know that it's right and you know that what you're doing is ultimately in the right direction and not allowing the opinions of other people to waver you from the thing that you know is inherently right. You know, mm. when I, when I first started making content, it's like, I lost some friends, friends where I was like, how could you, how could you not want to be my friend anymore? How, yeah. how, how could you do that? without even talking to me about it, how could you tell other people that you don't want me around after I've made myself to be a good man to you, with you, around you, but you're gonna just tell other people you don't want me around. <clears throat> it's like, but even if I knew that they were gonna do that from the start, I still would have done the same thing. So I would just say, being not being afraid to stand alone when knowing that what you're doing is for the right purpose. I think that the hands of time you know, the road will rise to meet you. It's like, if you, if you do the right thing and you're unapologetic about it and it's of the best intention and of your best and highest use and highest capacity, then like it will play well in the long term. I've been thinking a lot about how my stuff will stand the test of time. And mm -hmm. it's almost to the point now where like all that instantaneous satisfaction that I got at the beginning of this, where it was like you post a video about how Trump is better than Biden, and it was like it ripped around yeah. the internet. Like you, everybody was on on board. Now you don't get that satisfaction. But in two years, three years, five years, fuck, ten years, it's like how will that content stand the test of time? And to me, that's kind of what I've been realizing lately. Is like I can't worry about the hit now if I know that what this is doing is impactful later. And I, ha I have to also understand that affecting 10 people deeply is more important than affecting a thousand people at the surface. Mm. And it's like, if, if I just can get 10 people or one person to, to really have some meaning, you know, I don't need a thousand people to cheer for me um, as long as I got one person that's deep. And sometimes when you make content and it doesn't really rip like that, you like lose sight of that because you're not getting all the praise, but you know that, you know, every once in a while, that one person will be like, this was deeply impactful to me. Yeah. Um, that kind of makes it all worth it. So those, those are my three things. I think that the three things that you mentioned, one, basically, you know, being just personal accountability and, and being the best version of you is fucking huge. And I couldn't agree more. Uh, just to add to the second one about money, I'd like everybody to just go to YouTube. It's a little 10 part series. It's called the hidden secrets of money by a man named Mike Maloney. And he basically just explains finances, where it came from, how currency works, what it is, how it's backed, what it's backed by. And then you can kind of go from there. 
And uh, other than that, man, what, uh, you know, there's something that I always leave people with and I've been saying this forever and, and it's been something that's really resonated with so many and it's the, what other people think of you is none of your business. And I'd like more people to take that on because it goes into exactly what you were talking about. It's just like, look, man, be okay with standing alone and let everybody point those fingers. Because at the end of the day, when you're standing in truth, you'll notice that there's no anxiety. There's no depression that comes with it. There's no anything because you know, deep down, you feel it in your fucking bones. You know, in, in the deepest part of your soul that what you're saying is the truth. And uh, dude, other than that, man. This has been, uh, you know, I feel a highly productive conversation. It gives people a little bit of insight onto what content creation looks like and then a little more insight into you for my audience that that may not, if you're living under a fucking rock, uh, you know, may not know who you are. And, um, you know, dude, I just, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on. I'm a, I'm a fucking fan, man. And uh, Thanks, I uh, definitely hope to see a lot more of you in uh, in the future and, uh, you know, everything you're doing, man, especially like the stand up and the speaking engagements dude. just keep fucking crushing that, dude. We need uh, we need voices like yours out there who can truly discern information and give people a, a point of view that gives them a point of reference later on to use when thinking about those situations. So everybody, Bobby Sauce.